Hello and welcome to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. And today, both of my spawn are in the studio who, and they may... They may make remark. This is not Todd McFarlane's spawn. This no. is uh, actual, actual, actual spawn. Actual spawn. So let's start off with something that is often afoot. Games? They're often afoot. There are many, many choices to stream many different Sherlock Holmeses. I think you that was one <coughs> syllable too many, I believe, no. I think. I'll have to count again. Let's start off with the one on the BBC, which stars um, Doctor Strange and Bilbo Baggins. Also known as Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. Those are not their Christian names. Are you sure? Um, I, <laughs> Is I'm it reasonably Con? certain. Con and American guy from... Um, Black Panther. Black Panther, whatever his character was. He was some American guy that was no, played if, by a British dude. I prefer saying... Doctor Strange and Bilbo Baggins are Holmes and Watson. I I did have a difficult time whenever I would watch The Hobbit, like not like not wanting to swap them somehow in <clears throat> in my mind as they are doing that. Didn't Benedict p- play the dragon in The Hobbit? Yes. Well, yes. he was the voice of the dragon. Yes, he, was he was the, the voice. voice. The, the dragon was just CGI. It, it wasn't. No, really no, no. There. Benedict was. It was a suit. costume. He yeah, was it was a costume. He, he was in. He used to practice. Yes. In. Um, <laughs> You know, Chinatown. (laughs) I could see him doing that. Okay, so if you're unfamiliar, the Sherlock Holmes of which we speak, that originated on the BBC, is a modern-day Sherlock where he texts, and and John has a blog. It's it's actually quite, like, fascinating. And even with the update, Mm -hmm. I would argue is probably one of the most faithful adaptations Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of the material since the the Jeremy Brett series. Yeah. It's it's amazing. And I never would have thought it that it would adapt so well, really. I mean, I, I when when I heard the talent involved, and I mean, generally the BBC like will do some quality like miniseries or television series. Like Merlin. Yeah, I'm saying like. It didn't seem like a natural thing until I watched it, and then I then it was the thing that I was just like, well, why why wasn't this the standard like right. before? Because the uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, film, I'm I'm trying to remember which one came before the other. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like as much as I did enjoy the the Guy Ritchie like directed. Um, Robert Downey Jr. one, he's not really playing a character so much as he's playing Robert Downey Jr. So solving mysteries, correct? Pretty much with with Jude Law. Yeah. Now Jude Law, I think is he's acting in that, but like I, I, I RDJ is not acting. He's no. pretty fresh off Iron Man, and he's a little full of himself. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. he shouldn't be, right? Because I love but Sherlock RDJ. is full of himself. But I really, it's not really Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. so much as it's it's kind of like when Jack Nicholson plays someone mm-hmm. like his Joker. I don't. I don't think at any point like he was. He was doing any kind of method acting or trying to get inside the head of a seer. I think he just showed mm-hmm. up. Here's Sherlock. He, he's like, well, uh, I'm going to play mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson, but you're going to paint me like a clown, okay, Timber? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's how that conversation went. Probably. And it's they're amusing, like a clown. They're, they're fun, and obviously they made some money because I believe a, a third one is also purport, reportedly on its way. But I don't think it's necessarily a proper adaptation of the the material. Correct. But I I think what was valuable about the RDJ ones 
is those in the audience who are totally unfamiliar with Sherlock Holmes, it kind of then why uh, would they watch the movie? It up. It's a very easy entry because point. Because it, it looked like an action movie. Well, and as somebody that if you're going to have franchises or like IPs, you cannot solely survive on the individuals that are doing it right. Okay, Star Trek, for example. Uh-huh. If you only relied on the people that watched the original Star Trek, and I, I mean, let's say that you were 20 years old when the uh, 60s produced one. Eventually, those people are either they're going to get jobs, they're going to lose interest in it. Some of them may pass. If you want to keep your IP alive, you have to continue growing the audience and not just depending on the audience that exists as it is. IP, of course, is Internet Protocol. Uh Or intellectual property, (laughs) as as I was intending to use the acronym. Um, Disney is actually excellent about doing this with their intellectual properties. Uh, Mickey Mouse has been in his own feature films. He has been in video games. He's been in television show. He does a children's television show, kind of some something akin to Bear in the Big Blue, Big Blue House, or Eureka's Castle, or Sesame Street. Ma- Ma- Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. I I, I don't watch it, but I have a lot of children, and all of them did. So I'm I'm well aware of that. If we ever need to cover that. We can you, do it. I can do a separate podcast dedicated wow. to Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. <laughs> hey, kids. So the RDJ ones are fine and fun. It's a good BBC. it's a good entry point into it. But like it's not I, I don't think when Sir Arthur Conan Doyle um, put the pen to the page. I don't think that's what he was intending. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the the one that I know you and I have uh, discussed and loved for very long was Jeremy Brett, who Anna Grace sang on the street where you lived in My Fair Lady. That guy, Sherlock Holmes, on to A&E for how many years? Was was it initially pro- produced on I, I'm I'm having trouble like remembering I that. think it was because I've tried to see them, to show them and say, hey, this guy is incredible. Just like uh, David Suchet's uh, Poirot, incredible. The ones definitive. that, like, when you when you mention that, and like you, uh, Poirot is another one that has been adapted to an Oscar-nominated film, a uh, very recent one um, with oh dear, what's his name? It it, it it's leaving me. Played uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Yes, yeah. I forgot who did it. I I, I can see his face. He was in Chamber of Secrets. Hmm. Chamber could, of Secrets. We, oh oh, that guy. Gilderoy yeah. Lockhart, the guy who played well, him? Yeah. That, but, but the, the actual Kevin actor's Brana. name. Yes, yes, Kenneth Branagh. Yes. Kenneth. The guy who directed Thor, that guy? Yes. Who, oddly enough, when he did direct Thor. She is correct. Wow. Odd. Well, it, it, it gives it a Shakespearean quality when you watch it with with that. Uh, point being, like, you you can have all these adaptations. And Murder on the Orient Express was another one that I thought was a good adaptation. But when I think of that character, that's not immediately where... My mind goes with it. Yeah, mine goes to David Suchet's yeah. Poirot. So Jeremy Brett did an amazing job, and apparently you can only purchase these on, you know, like VHS. That's they're not streaming. <laughs> I have, I have that's searched. Delightful. I have searched. Somebody and all, searched. all they all they've done is like uploaded the VHS onto like they. It, you can only get burned DVDs of it. Like mm. they're just like, no, we keep it like this. Where you can buy the film stock, you can project. <laughs> you can't it even find a if you would like to do that. Oh, I've looked. I I've spent because I know bootlegs get taken down very quickly for musicals at least. But well, 
I know this is hard to believe, but I don't think there's like this rabid fan base who has the ability there's, to there's, bootleg <laughs> Jeremy Brett's Sherlock Holmes. Like from it's me. got an audience of three, two of which are me and Jane. Like, yeah, and your dad. So what? Well, never mind. That's all three. Yes, <laughs> right, I think right. you got the three of us. Yeah, it's really great. So um, it is exceptional. And before Jeremy Brett, I would have to say that Basil Rathbone's Sherlock Holmes. He looked the part, but again, it was very much. Um, Basil Rathbone, you Play, know? Yes, yeah. Maybe Him, go back th- to Benedict. Playing. Just a minute. Uh, we have to talk about Mr., uh, the former Mr. Jolie. Who? Brad Pitt. Oh, thank you. No. No? Elementary. Oh, okay. Oh, right. elementary. Was, sorry, sorry. I do not recall. I was, I was like, when did Brad Pitt, when was he Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> oh, and the Was great, he the great mouse detective? I was say, was and the that? great mouse detective, that was actually very well done. Uh-huh. He had Radigan. Umbershoot. My uncle I've... took me to see that in the, the theater. Like, I was just dumb. Because there is a very early, uh, the, the clock scene in that uses CGI. And like, I had never seen anything like that before. I remember just being plastered to that screen. Like, it, it's a good movie, but like that last little bit where they're using kind of that CGI technology that that early, like, I just remember being transfixed by that. But also a, another like worthy adaptation. That's I the thought. movie with the rat villain, correct? Mm hmm. Okay. The rat villain. Rat, the rat, rat again. villain. Um, but it does not actually have a, a. Is it King Rat or Rat King? What is it when all the rats. That's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. He's the Rat King. He mind controls them All and the lives rats. in the sewer. You mean like, like in the Nutcracker? He's, when he's like the king? I, I nope, know. Nope. nope. Rat King. Rat Teenage king. Mutant Ninja Turtles. Rat king. Okay. Eastman okay. and Laird's. I, I knew it was something CMNT. important. Yes. Let's go with that. Anyway, so CBS has a different take. And again, a another Brit. For some reason, it's Johnny... Not Rotten. It's, uh, it's English is the only one that would come to English, my mind. But it's, it's, not, it's not Johnny Depp. No, he's exceptionally good at it. Do and you need me to look it up? If you can find a tiny computer need you computer. near you. Computer. You should know now to just do this without me having to say it. Otherwise, I'll ban you from the show. Which I believe uh, also no, you features. Won't. It's Lucy Liu as yes. Um, Watson. Yes. In and that one. And that's really cool. And what they did with this Holmes is he has an, a problem with drugs and she is his sober companion. She she is a doctor who I guess a patient died and she decided to not doctor anymore. So she wanted to be a sober companion. And his father is very very wealthy. He he is he is the Lord of Gondor. And uh, within the context of the show, the, no. Wow, they... I only wish. And it's exceptionally well done. And I. I like both the only, of them. The only problem I think it suffers from is the, its close proximity. Johnny Lee Miller. Yes, there Johnny Lee Miller. The, the only problem Wait, I think blonde? that no. it, it definitively suffers from is because you have Benedict Cumberbatch. Like you Cumberbatch. have his Sherlock Holmes being, being produced almost like in parallel with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And I think it overshadows it. It's like any show right now uh, that isn't Game of Thrones on HBO. It doesn't matter how good you are. It's not going to break the records. Mm-hmm. Like it's everything that you do, all of your accolades. It, it's it, it's it's like being like the valedictorian's younger brother. Like, well, I get a B plus, and 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 I I tried out for the baseball team and I got it. Yeah, that know. reminds me of somebody's stand up comedy. 
routine from the 80s, I think, saying, imagine you're Jesus's younger brother. <laughs> Can't top anything, can you? <laughs> well, 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 what I mean, did you it, do? <laughs> it is a good thing to watch when Sherlock releases three episodes and then disappears for three years. That's true. Now, um, on to NPH. Theories of unfortunate events. Anna Grace, begin. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. What what are you what are you in, enjoying? Now I, I have I have seen the the Jim Carrey films mm-hmm. and I've read a decent amount of the um, books. Of, of the books, but like I have not actually as, as an adult who must also like pay bills like and do different has different responsibilities around there. Like it's sometimes more difficult for me to deep dive into a television series than I would just like either a mini series or that. Like mm-hmm. what. And I'm assuming you have seen like the Jim Carrey like version of it, or I mean, or even to the books. I've read I read the books when I was younger. I read most of them, um, but that was when I was like nine or something, and they were just there. But from what I remember from the books, and I do mean to reread them, they have got it very accurate. They even have someone playing Lemony Snicket who will who will come in and narrate during a scene, and then. He'll back out of the scene to go do something, and then the show will start then. All right. That that was kind of my question with it because the I think the the television not the television, the film series was about like two thousand four, I want to say two thousand five. It's it's not that far removed from it. And generally if you don't have something new to say or a different take, like well, I mean, for example, the Sherlock Holmes, uh-huh. like you're you're going to if we would have broken it down. I mean, you've probably got fifteen, twenty adaptations of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's work. Like, mm-hmm. do you think, like with the Arthurian legend, you got a lot of stuff to go through? Oh, when you've got multiple decades mm-hmm. of people like going through that, do you think that the Netflix show is was it a a, a necessary addition, or do you think it's retreading a lot of stuff? Like. If you had, I guess, if you had to put it in parlance, like the book, obviously being the source material, mm-hmm. gets to take like the most your gold position. Yeah. Gold position. Does the film take like the silver and the show get the bronze, or like? Wh- I think the show gets the silver because, from what I remember from the books, which ironically is a lot, they do cast the people very well. In the books, most of the adult characters are not the brightest. And they do that perfectly in the show to the point where sometimes it's infuriating, just just slightly. To to quantify this, let me let me ask this because okay, when you watch the Harry Potter movies, mm-hmm. did you prefer the Chris Columbus ones that were slavishly like making sure that all of these elements in the books were pointed out, or like say when you got to Prisoner of Azkaban? Were you curious, like, did you like that they deleted a lot of that stuff and made it cinematic? Or did you want, like, a just a, a an almost literal adaptation of the book, page for page, line for line? I always want a literal adaptation of the book, uh, but I do love Prisoner of Azkaban, um, mostly because okay. it's one of my favorite if you, books. If you had answered differently, I, I was... I was going to have to just shoot no, 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 no. All right, all right, but you okay? You passed. But, you passed. But now, like, now I, have you mentioned how hilarious it is that Putty is in unfortunate events? We have no, we had not got there yet. Okay. But um, now, now, now we have mentioned. It. Now Putty. we have. Is Patrick Warburton's character on he's, Seinfeld? Lemony Snicket. The one that, so Lemony Snicket. He's the one that talks like this. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, the guy who plays Lemony Snicket. And the, the sheriff on the 
Scooby Doo, the late, the last Scooby Doo series. Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated. Uh huh. The one that had the actual story. So the, the guy who talked like this a lot. Yes. So the highlight of the series is that you can kind of pull the taffy. You don't have to give like a scene to a character that was given multiple chapters, like within the book. You you like the fact that I mean you can you can deep dive into this. It's not a snack, it's a meal. Um yes, and like going back to Harry Potter, I do enjoy the films. Um, but in Goblet of Fire, they do cut a lot of stuff out that I really do like. But in um series of unfortunate events they kind of do a mix of it like there are some things like when violet baudelaire the oldest has to think she puts her hair up and that's how she prepares and even though it is mentioned multiple times in the book it really is kind of a smaller detail that they put in but every time she has to think of an invention they do it and that makes me very happy most books, I think, because of their serialized nature, almost lend themselves better better to like a mini series or what would you call would you call it a mini series or is it a, t- a know, television series? See, that's what I was also thinking of back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say, um, well, Roots and others. You would have it. Would, it was event television because again, you got to look at basically three channels, mm-hmm. but it was a story. That you couldn't tell in an hour, and you brought in so much big talent, they couldn't commit for 22 episodes either. So it was like, you know, two or three nights a week until it was all resolved. And it was ve- it was very easy to classify it yeah, like that, as a miniseries a or a television series that would get renewed, you know, shown like shown September through May or whatever. But that I was having that conversation with myself as I often do. For instance, the Mindy project when it moved to Hulu, they would put up a new one each week and it clearly was a series. And then they concluded the series. But when you've got unfortunate events, it strikes me if Network TV was still viable the way it was. Or the way that it was in like yeah. the 80s or 90s, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it would be more like a miniseries because the production quality on that is, is like a film. Um, it's very, Which is the reason why I kind of posed the question. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's very aesthetic-y. Aesthetically? It has a feel to it. It's pleasing to, to the eye. Yes, it has, it's pleasing to the eye and it has kind of a feel to it. Um, just pointing out here because I can... Um, NPH plays Count Olaf flawlessly, and I just need to get that out there. I don't know a lot of things that I've watched Neil Patrick Harrison that I haven't thought that he... I mean, even <laughs> even when he was playing himself in Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, like... <laughs> Best version of NPH. I, I'm just going to tell you right now, like, nobody else should be playing Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> and I, I, it's important to point out that he is... One of the coolest dads ever, and I base that solely on the Halloween photos of his children, which are a delight. delight He he really is just, and I've I've never met the man, but he seems like a delightful human being. He is a delightful human being. I will guarantee. Like when somebody inevitably, like one day, has to give his eulogy, like they are going to speak warmly and Mm -hmm. fondly uh, on. On him. What are you talking about? Neil Patrick Harris is immortal. Yes, I'm sure he is. Yes. He has inside him blood of I based it on the Kings. fact yes. that he, he took his children to go see the cursed child, both parts, and said he would gladly do it again. And that just makes me very Harry happy. Harry Potter. I know. And, okay. Oh, you, <laughs> I just, you gave a look. like I, I just, mean, 
He, it, no, no, he wasn't cursing his children. The way, like, the way she spoke of it, you would think a hardcore Harry Potter fan would have actually read I, the book. Okay, okay. And she's don't had it for e- two years even, now? Don't. don't now, I, I, in, in defense of that. At least I read it. None of my friends have read it. Re- have you finished it? I... When okay. when I got, um, at least I've read it. When when I got both of the last two, Deathly Hallows and um, it just Half just Blood Prince. Me. Half Blood Prince. Um, I did both of those, and I think two sittings. Like when I went to the midnight release, read it until like my eyes were mm-hmm. hurting, and I had to go to sleep. And like, mind you, I coincided this to take vacation time from work so that nothing will interrupt me like from this. I won't accidentally get on Facebook or someone won't text me and just be like, hey, so-and-so's dead. What's going on there? Like, I made sure I got this out of the way. Like, no one was ruining this garbage for me. That's what I'm just, trying to do. It wasn't happening. Um, where was I going with that? There was Harry Potter. Uh, I don't what know. Did, what, we, we were saying something right before that about... Deep diving. Neil Patrick shit. Harris's Halloween pictures, which is why we, we were, were talking about how I oh, hadn't read the Cursed Child. Oh, there we go. Oh, the Cursed Child. <laughs> um, I, I, I was I was one that consumed Harry Potter at a very, very quick rate. And I did not find um, Cursed Child as engaging as I did the books. Like those, I mean, even with, I think, what, Order of the Phoenix was the mm-hmm. longest one. I burned. I, I thought burned, Goblet of Fire was the longest. Burned one. through that. Well, it's it's Order of the Phoenix. They're they're both like Bibles of a book. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're like eight hundred. But I'm saying pages. like even Goblet of Fire. Like I just both of those. I just went through them, and I think mm-hmm. it may have something to do with the fact that uh, Rowling was not giving her. She didn't like write these, write these like she did the other books. Like Correct. it's basically just an adaptation uh, of the the play. Like you're getting the dialogue and a mm-hmm. little bit of context for where they're supposed to do in the scene. Mm-hmm. And I think not having Rowling's prose in that hurt it. Um, no, I would I would much are... rather have watched it as a as a play. I would have loved yeah. to have seen that. If I got or, to see it, I'd be very happy. Or if they want to invite the everyone in the cast of the Harry Potter movies, I will go see another one. Yes. Oh, for sure. I'm going to go see Fantastic Beasts. I do not care what cast it is. It, it It's a... It's a done deal. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so, binge-worthy. We've got the Sherlocks. We certainly have series of unfortunate events. And I'm going to say, you don't have to have a, a child in the house to watch that. But then again, for me and Adam, we like cartoons. So Cartoons are great. It's true. Like he, It's nice to have kids so you have an excuse to watch the <laughs> cartoons. But I'm just going to tell you. You don't need an excuse. I, I watched cartoons for a number of years after it was probably social accept, socially acceptably for me to do it, and before I had children, so that I could just be like, oh, yeah, well, we've got to go see Moana because the kids are there yeah, just exactly. riding me to go <laughs> see a cartoon. Guys, get in the car. We'll watch them on. Yeah. Um, it's like you're never too old to watch Phineas and Ferb, and if you haven't watched it, what are you doing with your life? I can watch Phineas and Ferb endlessly. Those two have dropped out of school. There's <laughs> no way there's that many days of summer. <laughs> exactly. I I wish there was, but it's it, and alive. I'll just rewatch it. And right now I'm rewatching Bob's Burgers from the very beginning. I do. It, and when I say I, I don't adult cartoons doesn't sound right. More mature cartoons like I, I enjoy them because they seem to be able to get away with a little bit more, like especially Simpsons. on mm-hmm. the Simpsons. They seem to be able to get more uh, away with stuff on the satirical edge mm-hmm. of uh, 
I mean, a lot of things. In the same way that, like, telling a science fiction story, like, you can put in real-world uh, parallels, but you're not necessarily under the same scrutiny because you can always just be like, no, no, this is this is on planet whatchamacallit in the Fred galaxy. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not talking about that. What Speaking do you mean? Speaking of science fiction, Altered Carbon has been renewed for a second season. It is on the Netflix, yes? Yes. Don't know. The deal with Altered Carbon is... Carbon life forms that have been altered. Really? Basically. It's, it's the name. <laughs> I know. Basically, and there, there, of course, there are conditions. But basically, you have people can live forever as long as they can go into another body under whatever conditions. I don't remember if the bodies are grown or not. It, okay, if you're immortal, you're immortal. Like, once, once you're... Your car starts like acting up. Like you, you can take yourself and like put yourself, you know, out of your your Kia, and, and now you're in a Nissan. Think of it right. kind of like that. The way that you would switch up your car once it's running down. Like may, maybe you can't fix the engine that like last a Chrysler time. Chrysler to a Lexus. Sure so it it starts with this Asian guy and he's fighting. Blah blah blah. I don't remember what happens, but clearly that the point is he's Asian. And then he's not. He's a white guy because Joel Kinnaman, I, I believe, know. is the totally ripped dude. Is what I called him. So yeah, that, how ripped? Actually, I believe yeah. I believe that is the name Are we he was born Chris with. Chris Hemsworth ripped. Oh, or? Easily. yeah. Okay, good. Easily. And like, totally and he's he's like tall like him. Mm-hmm. Like when when you can't get Chris Hemsworth, I think this is the guy. Or you can't get the other Hemsworths. <laughs> yeah, the, him, you the can't Hemsworth get any of the Chris's. Oh, man, they're Hemsworthian. like bald ones. Yeah. Like seriously, yeah. like. Every time you think you know all of them, I guarantee you there's a Hemsworth I don't know about out there. There's either a Hemsworth I don't know about or another Chris from the Marvel Universe I don't know about. There's a lot of Chris's. Yeah. They, they just appear. Oh, they oh, are oh. grown. They and are grown. Let me say something else about Altered Carbon. The production values on that show, like, I don't know the actual numbers, but, like, Netflix had to have spent a mint mm-hmm. on this movie. Like, I... You and I were discussing like your your production values are not necessarily like that of a television show. Like you can tell that they spent a mm-hmm. little bit more money on it. Altered Carbon looks like a, a science fiction movie. Like mm-hmm. in the same way that like when you watch a a, a Ridley Scott like yes. mo- movie at the the theater, you're just like wow. Like you, you can tell the difference that you're not watching like a syndicated science fiction show from the '90s. Like mm-hmm. Altered Carbon, if you did not know better would be able to pass for a film like that's that's how it it looks like just every detail every bit of the design like i don't know the actual numbers but netflix was writing checks oh for sure fat fat checks for this television series so the story is um Totally ripped white dude was. I don't think that's punished how it, for something, and he was that's frozen. Not the, that's what not what Netflix gives in the queue I, I think, when you totally ripped white dude. He was, and so he was he was unfrozen and put in this totally ripped body. John McRipex. Oh. Yeah. So like Avatar, like were there? Uh, no, he he's totally contained in this new meat sack, and, he, and he's oh. not a he's not a blue cat. Like, no, so he's possessed. Like no, with the consciousness of the. The point I'm trying to make is in season two, he's a black guy. Uh, in the start of the story, he's an Asian guy. He's totally ripped white guy. I'm sure he's totally ripped black guy. Wouldn't it be hilarious if it's like a fat Albert? <laughs> you just get him in there. <laughs> it's like there. I'm going to solve. See, I, is that still, it's still funny. It is. They get, 
<laughs> it's like Jonah Hill. Like they get him for the third season. And they're like, whoa. That's what... <laughs> Wait a minute. I, so I thought I remember having larger biceps in the. It is. It is interesting. That's all. It is interesting. But you kind of have. You do have to pay attention because again, you've got. There are science, fi- science fiction concepts aplenty. Like it's it's a little bit noir, like it's a little bit detective, it's mm-hmm. a little bit science fiction. It's a little fiction, bit country. And a little country? bit rock and roll. Yes. Really? I believe Donny Osmond does yes. show up in the, the finale. Pretty uh, much so. But I think it's worth your time. It's not going to be a fast watch. I didn't find that I had to. It is a slow burn. Yes. Yes. I will oh, say, so as far as like if Netflix does decide to continue this series, the fact that you are basically switching up the lead uh, every time, you're not going to get into like season six or seven and just be like, well, we've already done this mm-hmm. with this character. Like, y- like you also Doctor kind Who? of run the danger that, yeah, kind of similar to Doctor Who. Where they have a new doctor. You you, you kind of has have this thing that already like just kind of creates new storylines or new plots or new possibilities like i mean you can also run into that thing whereas in like if you watch true detective first season's exceptional the next season they completely change the cast it's a new story the second season of true detective is not <laughs> exceptional now they're about to do a third one we we don't know if it's exceptional or not and but there'll be a whole new cast if you it's change a brand the cast new, yeah. every season like it's either going to go really good or really and really I mean, bad. As much of the you know narrative and all these possibilities that you've got, you also have the the distinct possibility that it doesn't click, lightning doesn't strike twice. Um, so I mean, I guess it's it's a it's a double edged sword there. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to be redundant, most likely in your storytelling, especially having your lead being recast more or less probably every season. Now the big news that is happening this week which we will discuss on the next show, is is all about Jack Ryan on uh, Amazon. With with Jim from The Office. Yes. Who is, by the way, speaking, speaking totally of ripped, ripped white, dude, yeah. white dude. Yeah. Man. Just all of a sudden. I mean, uh, on The Office, he's you know, he is interchangeable with, um, what's his face? Chuck. You know, he's they're the yes. same guy. Basically, and I, yes. And I love them both. And then all of a sudden he met him. Whoa! I, like I saw he him in thirteen hours. Like yeah, he he did that. He um, Chris Pratted himself. Like they they go into thirteen hours, and I'm just like, well, that's weird. Why would they have Jim from? And then like I watch the movie, and I'm like, wow, is did they put Jim's Jim's head on Hulk Hogan's body? <laughs> Holy cow! What what is what am I? What kind of special effect is this? Yeah, thirteen hours is a good movie. And it's a Michael Bay movie, which I don't get to say a lot, was actually a good film. Like, go. I forget that he's capable of doing that. Like, Pain and Gain. I, I know you don't agree. The Bad Boys movies, I actually thoroughly enjoy. I, I enjoyed the Bad Boys movie. What you going to do? Maybe. But somebody somebody, somebody that I am close you. to, like, just vehemently, like. I mean, oh, hell no. I'm, what? what? I, okay, maybe, maybe it wasn't you then. I'm just. Whatever. Like, you get to, like, the Bayformers, and I'm just kind of like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, this is, it's like passing a kidney stone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know who's streaming it. I think it's on Amazon, 13 hours. Do you want me to check? No. Okay. 13 hours is probably on like a It's like, probably everywhere. I, I, HBO I know had it at one point. Like eventually it it's going to make its rounds. Mm-hmm. However, uh Jack Ryan is it just called Jack Ryan? I think I think it is. I think it's called Totally Ripped Jack Ryan. Totally Ripped. <laughs> not Harrison Ford. <laughs> not, not Alec Baldwin. 
Just but, totally. But ripped. No, but he's it's Jim for some from, reason. It's Jim an from analyst. the office, Jack Ryan. Jim from the office, Jack why, Ryan. Why are all these analysts named Jack Ryan so handsome and like like Harrison Good Ford? Failure. Like. I'm sure they were just like, well, he doesn't look like a, like, he's not pushing up you know, glasses what, on his nose. I've, I've, we're in over there. Now, Mr. Mr. President, I have to, hold on, I, I have to say the Air Force One <laughs> with, with my gun and my glasses and uh, the bifocals. Uh, yeah. Paul Giamatti as Jack Ryan. See, that's who I, when when you tell me an, an analyst, that's the guy that, and I, I mean, it really changes the makeup of Hunt for Red October if you put Paul Giamatti in that movie. <laughs> With Sean Connery, who is playing a Russian with a really, really thick Scottish accent, which it, I thought I don't care. which I thought was an interesting choice Wasn't for it? a Russian submarine captain. Yes, he, he just he just looks. Well, welcome to Mother Russia. <laughs> he looks so handsome. <laughs> is that what your Russian accent seems muddled? Where are you? That is Russia the, by way of Scotland. <laughs> that's the next film uh, I will be indoctrinating the when, children. Even with. when he played an Englishman, the English super spy, he certainly sounded. No, not if you can't do the accent, don't woman. do the character. It's okay to slap a woman if she <laughs> deserves it. Scott, Sean Connery had a lot of very confused, backward, and yeah. let's say um, outdated yeah. um, ideas about how you should treat or the lack of respect that you should show a woman. Or anyone. Are we calling... Or, yeah, roughly everyone. But it like, seems like especially women. Like him and Sinatra would have had <sighs> a really interesting podcast yes <laughs> like if it was called women's rights i i'd like to sit in on that so would i these like, broads what are they doing they're trying to get jobs am i right sean <laughs> uh, yes you are <laughs> can, I, can i tell you one tried to speak to me looked me in the eye the other day like i just i i listened to frank sinatra sing and i'm like wow that just that golden magnificent voice great. and then i hear some of the ideas that he had and i'm yeah. like Oh, Frank. Oh, I'm so glad what, what are you these sang ideas? so well. Oh, w- w- that, that'd be a whole other podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm a, yeah, sure. I'm a... Women's Rights with Sean Connery and Frank Sinatra. Uh, already the idea that you're talking freely, that's... I'm just saying he wouldn't like no, that. If no. you would have if you would have said anything, literally anything, like if you would have accidentally inhaled during his podcast... Like just <laughs> wow, just well, he would have a big problem with me because I don't know when I shut my mouth. Oh, oh my goodness! Yeah. Shut it for you. A, a league of <laughs> slightly less extraordinary gentlemen. That was a really bad film. It was. It was so bad it made him quit. Like acting, he has not done. Really, that's the last. That one. Was, I. I really th- like. Basically, the, I guess the story behind it was like he was offered some role in The Matrix and he didn't understand it, so like he turned it down. But because he was Sean Connery, please say. Um, Good evening, Mr. Anderson, as Sean Connery. Mr. Anderson. <laughs> yes. One of these jobs has a, has a future. The other does not. I don't, I don't know what character it was, but like it was enough that they were giving him a significant piece of the participation points. Matrix comes out, smashes records. They get the set, like tons and tons of money. He doesn't participate in it, doesn't get that money, and he's like, darn it. They offered him Gandalf. And Lord of the Rings. And he didn't take it? I'm really it? glad he didn't take that. Oh, I'm saying, listen, we got Ian McKellen. We didn't lose, kids. Okay, okay. I know we didn't, we didn't lose, lose, but like, I know, you I'm, shall who not would pass. take the chance to be Gandalf? Who Go back wouldn't? to the shadow. The, the flame of Undun compels you. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just, look back at that movie and you don't have a somebody like Ian McKellen that basically baptized himself in Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Like, we, there was nothing better that could have happened for us. However... 
he was offered another significant piece of that Lord of the Rings pie. They did two trilogies, each of which made like seven hundred, nine hundred million, like a billion dollars. Even even the terrible Hobbit films, I think two of them, one of them made it to a billion, the other only hit like nine hundred sixty seven million. Well, so again, he didn't so, get that. So he doesn't get that. Like he's passing up like three hundred million dollars over six movies. They give him League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Doesn't understand it. He's like, what's going on here? It's about a comic book? What are those? But he signs up this time because he's like, I haven't understood the last two. I'm not passing up $300 million. And wow. Worst movie. Oh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is some hot garbage. And it's not because of the source material. Alan Moore, one of the most gifted comic book writers ever. It's just you had a hard actor. Or whatever. It was extraordinarily bad. Okay, did... Do you have a bad actor or a bad it, it writer? Was just, it's it just was a poor, mess. It was poorly directed. It was badly adapted. Like, then why people, did people give it the go? Because Sean Connery was doing a comic book movie, and that was right after like X-Men had hit. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man, I think, was either right on the horizon or had just made like mm-hmm. $114 million its opening weekend. Like It was a hot commodity. You had the, the original James Bond mm-hmm. in a comic book movie essentially playing Indiana Jones, like in in that movie. Mm -hmm. Everything on paper looked like this thing was going to hit, and then it hits, but it hits more like a a body does when it hits the water from several stories above, like just, just thuds in a nasty, disgusting way, and did so in such a fashion that even when Steven frigging Spielberg asked him to come out of retirement, and again, in hindsight... It was a good decision that he doesn't participate uh-huh. in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I think what happened there is he did until they cast Shia LaBeouf as his grandson. And he's just like, I'll not do it, Stephen. You'll, you'll <laughs> not do this. Harrison Ford is my son. I believe that. But you, you give me even Stevens, and I'll not do it. And he's like, we've already signed him, Sean. And then he just walks out and yeah, probably pushes, pushes the secretary on the way out. What, what <laughs> was that? You know? Shia LaBeouf? Yeah. I think he saw Steven Spielberg kill someone, and he <laughs> he he was blackmailing him for it because he he gave him the job in Eagle Eye. Like he he Steven Spielberg executive produced Transformers, and however my I may feel about those movies, they made some bank. Yeah, and mm-hmm. eventually he comes to him one day and he's like, "We can finally have the debt repaid, Steven. And he's like, "Good, good. What do I have to do?" And he's like, Cast "I me. am going to be." Henry Jones the third. And he's like, no! <laughs> I think that's right. <laughs> like lightning bolts or hat, like Like the Emperor at the, in Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> like that, that moment when Vader finds out that yeah. Padme's dead and he does the, no! <laughs> that's what Spielberg did when he's like, I'm Henry Jones! Do you get me, old man? And he's like, whatever you want. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. But it's over! Yeah. That may or may not Was that the last movie he made? Shia LaBeouf? Yeah. No, he has, he just... This is before This is right after he starts putting the bag on his... This is way after Holes. Gotcha. And then he's wearing a a bag A bag over his his head head that says, I'm not famous. Which makes him... He he, he was just a one-bagger, but there's a thing I'm sorry, but I know him from Even Stevens and Holes, and that's it. (laughs) So... I mean, you've already talked about his significant filmography right there. there. Holes is a delightful movie. It, you don't need to go any further. <laughs> but, yeah. It. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I think that's how it happened. Now, where Sean Connery shines in delight is in the film Highlander. 
when he's playing a Spaniard that has <laughs> With a, a, a Scottish very, accent. Very th- I think it's interesting that every film he does, regardless of the nationality, like time of pl- time or place that it's happening, he has a Scottish accent. Definitely, yeah. just decides to make. Oh, them Scottish. and what was this ridiculous animated thing where you have ponies and little girls on ponies? It's an it's animated, and then you Horse. have the collie. Yeah, horse. Horseland. Horseland. Okay. Horseland? There's a guy who is doing a Sean Connery impression (laughs) of the voice of the collie. Because I know who you're talking about. I thought it was Connery, and I thought, this is an odd poll. He 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 quits for fourteen years and he's like Horseland, yeah. Horseland, I, I, that's I exactly like Horseland. What the dog what, sounds where, like. Where yeah. is where's this? What is his where's name? this dog from? And they're like, <laughs> he's from Lassie. Scotland, and he's like, I can. My voice will. <laughs> yes, I yes. I'm not a Spaniard. I'm not an Englishman. Like, <laughs> truly, Kazoo. Go listen to which the which is Collie the thing Sean Horseland. Connery has never said. I, I think, think he has. okay. It was an okay show. <laughs> Yeah. I, I only let you watch it because in my mind I pretended it was Sean Connery <laughs> and I thought that was funny. It's it it would be if I ever like make the rounds to that, like I choose to believe that it is. It's on Netflix, I think. In the same way that you can decide if Elvis is dead or not, I choose that the collie in mm-hmm. Horseland. 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 Horse, the dog in Horseland, okay. That that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um is Sean Connery. Is the farm dog, Adam. Sure. The farm dog. <laughs> Horseland. Like I must have skipped that when I went to Disney. There's a like, farm dog. Went, there's Frontierland. A pig and there's a cat. We had Future. Uh, and there's Horseland. Tomorrowland. And there's Horseland. That was more of a cat. <laughs> yes. So you have lots of things to uh, stream. I don't remember any. Oh, all of the Sherlock's. <laughs> Sherlock series, unfortunate events. Whatever you were talking about. Altered Carbon. Altered Carbon. And, is on Netflix. and the, the entire filmography of Shia LaBeouf and. <laughs> Yeah, kind of covers it, That's, really. Wow, that that was all inclusive. Yes. I should throw this in because you, you keep calling Sean Connery the original James Bond when we all know it was George Lazenby. And there's a lovely documentary on Lazenby about how he— On Hulu? It, yeah. It, it actually is an exceptional <laughs> It one. is really good because how he became it's, cast is fascinating. Like, what Basically, happened? like in the way that you would win a hand of poker by bluffing— that's essentially how he got mm-hmm. the role of James Bond. Yeah, like, he was tall and attractive, and so basically, basically every male Hollywood actor that plays a well, he wasn't an actor. Role. He was a he, he was, was a model. model, but I think he wasn't actively not trying even, to be a model, and he wasn't even that really like a a success, a tr- tremendously successful one. But yeah. he was good looking. Yeah, and it just kind of that's how he got everything the role. kept rolling his way. So he was a lucky, good looking guy. Yes. So and basically, the protagonist actually, of every movie. Technically, Superman I think movie. the original one was the. I think they did a television adaptation of Casino Royale. Yes. Yeah, so it was uh, David Niven. Yeah. Technically, he technically is, it was David but Niven. like in the same way that I, when I say Hannibal Lecter, your name doesn't go to Brian Cox. No. It goes to a, Sir Anthony Hopkins. What? Uh, I've got. I can't do the tongue thing tonight. You just, it just what makes you it? drool on yourself. No. Go, like, give it to me. <laughs> give it to me. Thank you. With a fava bean. She hasn't seen it yet. What? Okay, I've heard of it. What? Oh my goodness, you sit at the adult table (laughs) and you have not watched. Okay, I I have told her, I have told her, she either puts the lotion on or she'll get the hose. I've heard about Hannibal Lecter, but I have never seen it. And I know somebody who is in it. 
I would, I would Monk, almost but. tell you to reverse the order of the trilogy. Show her Red Dragon, then Hannibal, then Silence. Mm. Because the films become less impressive as you go. Thanks in no small part to Brett Ratner directing Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. Brett Ratner, he who destroyed the X-Men. Um, and well, also, we and also Are we gave talking us, Avatar M. Night Shyamalan bad destroyed the X-Men? Um he surrounded himself with such talent. Like you had Ray Fiennes, you had Ed Norton, you had Anthony oh, Hopkins, mm-hmm. you had uh, uh, Jonathan, the guy that adapted the screenplay uh, for Silence of the Lambs comes back to that. Basically, he surrounded himself with so much talent, like he couldn't fail. And he, he failed. Well, okay, he he did not make Silence of the Lambs, but I'm just telling you, that film was exceptional. Like, mm-hmm. was one of the only films I want to say since, like, Who Flew Over the... One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest managed to take the best actor, best actress, best director, and best picture. It's really, really good. Like, it, and it's just, picture. like, and it's, it's it doesn't bludgeon film, you with it. Like, well, it's just... I'd say it's more suspense than horror. Oh, I don't like I, yeah. either. Yeah. Like my friends this, want to go see this Slender. Horror, no, it, this film transcends those genres. If even yeah. if you are not a fan a, a fan of suspense or horror, the film is so well done that if you like quality and brilliant performances and talent, you will enjoy the movie. You don't have to like every suspenseful fi- film ever, but after watching this movie, Hannibal, who the 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 film adaptation, not the character itself, um. Basically, instead of doing it with this very, like, subtly and with a scalpel in Silence of the Lambs, Ridley Scott gets Hannibal, and it's just, it's a bat. Like, he just bludgeons things instead of, like, just doing this really, like I said, just almost kind of quiet intensity. Like, Hannibal Hannibal is on 11 the entire time. Like, he's eating people's faces off. Pigs are eating people. (laughs) There's a guy that's got his face stabbed into with, oh, like that. That's Hannibal. And then you get Red Dragon, which is just also happens to have a lot of talented actors in it. Mm -hmm. It's worth watching, but I would say watch it first because it's the least impressive of the Anthony. They also went on to do, was it Young Hannibal or Hannibal Rising? Um, it's, I, it's called one of those things. Do not think, watch it. I think it was Hannibal Lecter eats Indiana Jones. It, what? it was. It was like finding out that Darth Vader was just this emo kid. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what Hannibal so Rising Ren. was. Like you, you get to it and you're like, I was happier when yeah, I, I when know. I didn't know what Hannibal what why Hannibal was the way. Yeah, he was. we all know that he didn't have social skills and probably ate animals that we don't and, normally and, eat. And eventually ate eight people. Eight people. Yeah. That's all. Because soil and green is people. And on that note, we have to leave you. People. (laughs) People. (laughs) You dirty apes. I'm sorry. I'll stop. I'll quit. I bet Uh, you could could put him on that podcast, too. Oh, yeah. Charlton Heston, Sean Mm -hmm. Connery, and Frank Sinatra. (laughs) Oh, that's. I'll download that right now. Like, Mm. oh. Let's see if we can make that happen. Well, there's a couple of reasons. Oh, and just for fun. And just for fun, Truman Capote. (laughs) <laughs> man you would definitely have a unique perspective wouldn't you that's that's the name of that pot unique perspectives <gasps> there you go i'm sold and as i like to say i'd watch that so uh thank you for binging and cringing with us jenna would you like to say anything okay that's a well no said. well said that's a no thank you anna grace for your deep insight you're very welcome and uh i am spawn's mother jane ellen and I'm Adam Cravens.